Welcome to the Communion Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Ramonita. Communion is all about relationships over religion. Relationship with Christ, with ourselves, and with one another. And in a culture that seems so divisive, we're cultivating a community of truth seekers from all walks of life. So whether you have faith, no faith, or have walked away from the church, you are welcome here. We're ready to understand, heal, have tough conversations, and rebuild bridges. So let's get started. Let the reconciliation begin. It's better when we get together. Everything is better when we Hi, T. How are you? Girl? For an official intro, whenever the music cuts, I'll say hey. Every time. That's what you can expect. You'll always hear T. Chime us in. Get us rolling. How you doing, girl? I'm good. We just came off of a really crazy week. So we actually have launched our podcast. <laughs> There's episodes that say, hey, we're going to launch a podcast tomorrow or we're going to launch soon. But this is the first recorded episode since we launched our podcast. And wow, I think it was so incredible. And it surprised us in ways that I couldn't even imagine just with the overall support and love and encouragement the fact that people even listen I them for me was like wow people other than our husband and parents will listen to us and so there's so much of me that's overwhelmed with gratitude and joy and also so much of me like oh shoot what did we just do because We also have been planning this thing. And in theory, planning sounds great. You think you can cover everything and you thought of everything and then you do it and you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Oh, wait. Oh, and we didn't even plan for the attacks of the enemy and all of the obstacles that we would face in the midst of it. And so I had a really crazy week from my perspective when we launched. I was coming off of three weeks of travel with my littles. My 12-year-old niece coming back to stay with me in Portland. My kids transitioning to a new school. And my husband being in finals for his school and also crazy at work. And so yeah. not having anticipated the life circumstances when we set a launch date, it came with some crazy there's on my end and also I think some really really great tension conflict learning that we were even able to experience in our real relationship and in our real life that is really us living out what communion is and so so many good things so many good things so overall I would say I'm great but I am mostly just excited that communion is actually 
in the world and there's no turning back. How are you? <laughs> what? Yeah. We've been editing the next episodes and we've been listening and part of it is just we have to laugh because gosh, we set intention to release this so many different times and even you'll hear that on the episode that you guys have already hopefully listened to where we talk about oh and hopefully tomorrow we're launching this podcast and it was months later until we really did put this out into the world and I will say that releasing the podcast last week felt like I finally could exhale I could finally let out this breath that I had been holding in for so long because, you know, when you talk about that you're going to do something and you've been telling people for three years you're going to do something and you even have episodes that you've recorded and you still haven't done it, I knew eventually it was going to come out. The timing was going to happen. But for the timing to be what it was, I would have never imagined. And yet it was perfect. And we got to kind of have a pre-celebration before the podcast came out because you came to Florida to visit us and um, we had so much fun and it was also a ton of chaos because, you know, you put five kids <laughs> into close living quarters for five days and we have fun and we also have a lot of chaos. And so um, we kind of came into the launch tired and then you came in to launch with a whole set of stuff. I came into the launch with a whole set of stuff and yet we're figuring it out. We're doing everything in-house and we can't wait for the day that maybe we can gain some support from some other people to help us on the back end of stuff, but it feels good. It feels really good for this to finally be out into the world and for us to continue to build this community that we knew in our heart God was asking us to build. And the response was a confirmation of that. The response was, yes, this community is needed. Thank you. The amount of instant or instant messenger, that dates me. The amount of direct messages on Instagram or text messages or phone calls that both of us got just confirming thank you for creating this community was so encouraging and has put a different fire in me than I think I've had for a long time. So, yeah. I feel good. I'm really, really, really happy that this is finally going. So what are we going to talk about today? There's <laughs> <laughs> some stuff, you know, because you have already been listening to lots of episodes, so you probably want to continue the conversation. Um, speaking of continuing the conversation, what's been cool, we sometimes turn on our mic and just say, Holy Spirit, move. And speak through us. What do you need us to say? What does our audience need to hear today? And what's been really cool about this process is as we're editing the episode, we get to go back and hear, because sometimes I feel like we black out, right? What did we talk about? Or what? What just happened? But it's really cool to like go back and listen. Um, because we're even being encouraged by the way that, that God is speaking and just continue to pray that this becomes a platform that truly is God's and that you all feel excited to be a part of just as much as we are excited to do this work. And so 
I think just continuing to say thank you. Thank you so much. Today, what I'd like to start with, I know in our last episode that we talked a lot about the church and specifically that Phil Song documentary and what we felt about the church. And I'd just like to say, I still go to church and I still believe in church. I, I still enjoy the community and the fellowship and the worship. And yesterday at the church that I go to, the pastor gave this incredible message that was so timely for me. And I, I would argue probably for you to be the title of the message was, it's been there all along. Hmm. And what's interesting to me about that, in launching communion especially, is I kept searching for something when we started this process. We were leaving careers. We were entering new phases of motherhood. And I kept searching for something identity, something to grasp onto, stability, something that made sense, something that made me feel valuable or answered the question, who am I? And it was there all along. In the rest, it was there all along. In the rest, God was working all along. In the building of this, in the planning phases in the we don't know what this will be but we know God has called us to it it was there all along and as I sat in the pew yesterday listening to that message which was so powerful there are worship I just started bawling bawling I mean I got out of church and I didn't even realize who were looking at me like girl wipe your mascara kind of thing I was a raccoon because I was just reflecting so much of my life. What have I been searching for that has been there all along? But I'm just not choosing to put my mind on it. I'm not choosing to focus on that. I'm choosing to focus on what I don't have or what I'm looking for versus thinking about what's in my hand and what I do have. And there's so many of us that have purpose and have calling and have identity and have so many incredible incredible blessings from God already in our hand. But we have we live in a culture of scarcity, of comparison, of it has to look one way or sound one way, or we have to make it look one way, that we lack this mindset of gratitude and abundance. And so it just made me really reflect, especially the questions that I've been asking, who is God and who am I and who did he create me to be? It's already there. Literally, after you preach the message, one of my favorite songs that has gotten me through this season, Elevation Worship, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, My God, That Is Who You Are. They ended up singing that yesterday after the service. It was almost like it was been there all along and God was like, you trying to find out who I am? My thing, listen to the song. And I'm boom, whoever, right? And there's a line in the song where it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. And I was like, man, it's been there all along. The answers have been there all along. I've been worshiping to that song. I've been professing those words out loud. And it's been there all along. How did I not see it? And so 
Yeah, that's just what's sitting on my heart, especially as we speak to our community right now. It's like, what are you searching for? And I'd ask the CUE too. What have you been searching for? What are you grasping for? What are you looking for that's been there all along? Hmm. That's a really good question. You know, you and I have talked about leaving our careers and a similar sentiment that you and I both shared was we really were afraid of becoming washed up, of losing our identity, of losing our status. And not because either of us wanted to be these super famous people in our careers or anything like that, but more because if we're being real, which we are, we knew that when you leave the workforce in a career, it's like, I don't know the statistic, but a million times harder for a woman to re-engage after, you know, kid than it is for men. And I think both of us were really anxious about that. And we both got caught into these seasons of rust, mine being really abrupt because it was like the Lord was like, and you leave young life. And now for the next, you know, two and a half years, you do not get to put your hand to any plow except listen to me. And oh, by the way, all the disobedience and all the ways that I was fighting God to walk away from young life came out in the form of anxiety. And I'm happy to always talk about that very, very openly that I had never had anxiety attacks in my entire life and then started having massive anxiety attacks. And this was all around the time that we moved to Florida, which maybe that should have been a clue. Maybe God was saying not to move to Florida, but anyway, I digress. No. So I'm to answer your question with what, what do I need? I've learned how to pause really to ask myself that question because I always find myself searching for meaning and purpose and I'm realizing that it's always been what you just said with that sermon, that's such an appropriate title. It, it's been there all along. It's always been in front of me. And this morning in my prayer time, um, I do this app called Lectio 365. You guys go download it. It is phenomenal. So, so incredible. But it was talking about um, in John chapter one, starting in verse 35, it was talking about how John the Baptist was hanging out with some of his disciples and Jesus passed by and John the Baptist says, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the disciples immediately start just, they just ditch John and they just start following Jesus. And then Jesus turns around and has this conversation with them. And what I was struck by as I was reading that was the fact that Jesus turns around and says, what are you looking for? That was his response to them. And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Or which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus said, come and see for yourself. And then they went with him. And that was the beginning of these disciples following after Jesus. And what I love about Jesus is that 
more account than not, instead of Jesus ever giving an explanation when someone asks him a question, he extends an invitation instead. Instead of an explanation, he always extends an invitation. And so the prayer this morning was, you know, if Jesus says, you know, what are you needing from me? What are you looking for? Do I always have a response of what I'm looking for? Or am I saying what I'm looking for is to follow after you, to have the posture of the disciples, to actually say, I want to know what it really looks like to follow after you instead of always coming to God like, a, you know, a genie in the bottle. Um, but to come to God and say, hey, I want to learn every single day what it means to follow you. And that doesn't mean there won't be needs and wants that I'll have, but it does mean that I can come to God and expect him to reveal those things of where I need him in my life versus me coming and always feeling like I'm complaining. And posture of gratitude that you just mentioned is, girl, it's what I need. I focus so much on what I do not have. I focus so much on the hard and I, I forget the good. We take each of our boys to Disney individually because we live in Florida. Um, we're about two hours away from Disney World. And we took Kai, my middle son, to Disney yesterday for his one-on-one -on -one time with John and I for his birthday. And we're sitting in the middle of this just boring as I'll get out ride, but it was the only one that was air conditioned indoors and it was a thunderstorm. So we just needed to get inside. And so it's called Carousel of Progress. Y'all, it was funny. The Carousel of Progress got struck by some kind of thunder or, or some kind of lightning, the lady said. And so we were stuck in one of the rooms in the Carousel of Progress for multiple rounds. So this the way that this thing works is it rotates you around from room to room. And these people tell you the stories of how the U.S. has progressed um, in inventions and development and all that. And we were stuck in the room from the early 90s, literally for four or five rounds. And Kai's like, if you knew my Kai, you would know he has no filter. So he's like, what heck are we still in here? What are we doing here? And it was going on and on and on. And John and I are just cracking up laughing at Kai because he's so hilarious. He's got the whole room laughing, but Kai's not trying to be funny. Jude is trying to be funny. I love to be funny. I am intentionally funny. Kai is just funny. His like We say his existence is funny. Kai is just hilarious to be around. So everyone's laughing. Right. He's, like, he's raised by ducks. That's a story for another random time. But yes, Kai says really random stuff all the time. And so anyway, I'm telling you all this because I just started crying because I was thinking, I am at Disney with my kid, just delighting in who he is, delighting in who God created Kai to be. He is the best of the best. My boys are the best of the best. And I literally started to cry yesterday in the middle of this stupid carousel of progress because I was just thinking, how lucky am I to be his mom? And how lucky am I that I get to do this with him? But my attitude leading up to that was, you know, okay, which ride do we got to go on next? And which pass do we need to get for the next ride? And I get so in business mode and I'm just like, oh, I can't believe that person cut us off and that, that line, that person feels so entitled. And it just shifted the trajectory of the rest of my day with my son. And I just got to be with him. 
and I did not care what happened. And we had so much fun because of it. Instead of me just stressing, I want to make this the perfect day. I want everything to go according to plan. And I just let go of it. And so sorry for a long explanation, but that is, it's interesting that you asked that question. It's interesting that that's what your pastor preached because that's literally what I read about this morning was what's been there all along is the voice of God saying, I got you. You get to just come to me and know that I'm going to reveal to you in your life and in your heart what needs attention right now. And I'm going to do that work. I am. I'm faithful to do it. So that's yeah. good. What about for you? There's so many things that I just want to address about what you're talking about. They just were sitting on my spirit. And I know I speak fast and most of you cannot listen to our podcast on double time. Because I, the New Yorker and it comes out like a passionate. So I am really trying to restrain on this episode because we launched episode one and all the texts I got tell me to slow down how I talk. I'm working on it. But I'm trying to you are. So much I want to say. Um, but I'll start with this. Every year I have a word. And last year my word was freedom. I was really pursuing freedom. You asked me a question in, on January 18, 2022. You said, at the end of this year, who do you want to say that you are? Not based on what you do, but who do you want to say you are? And I remember thinking about it for all over a week. And I came to and I said, E, there's only one word I can give you. And it was free. And so last year, my word was about freedom. And that meant freedom from expectation, freedom, others and myself, freedom from unforgiveness, Freedom from bitterness, freedom from writing stories about myself or others that weren't true, freedom from believing the lies of the enemy, freedom from the change that just held me, but also freedom to love, freedom to laugh, freedom to experience joy. Freedom was my word. And as I was on this journey pursuing freedom, I got this word. I remember sitting in my quiet time and I wrote down this little purple post-it note and I just put it on top of my printer. And it said, the key to freedom is gratitude. And so one of my words for this year, because again, I've been thinking a lot. Part of the reason why I talk fast and sometimes I'm all over the place, ADHD, talk about that another time as well, but it's real, adults have it is one of my words is focus. Focus. My prayer has been, God, let my gaze be focused so intently on you. Because when I focus on you, that is when I am my best version of me. When I start to focus on me and my ways, my human falls from it. When I start to focus on the opinions of others around me, God forbid, I start spiraling in places that I probably shouldn't go. That is none of my business. But when I focus here, and it makes me think about Peter walking on that water, God told him, step out the boat. And as soon as he stepped out the boat, as long as his eyes were on God, he was walking on water. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, what happened? He started to sink. And so that's been one of my big prayers because if I'm honest, there's still a lot of fear in me doing communion. And I know we talked about it in our last episode, but especially after watching what happened with the Hillsong Church, 
Because I believe that pure intention hearts somewhere along the line took their focus off of Jesus and started putting it elsewhere. And so even as we launched this in these humble beginnings when there's just a few of you in our community who we love and admire and are so thankful for, somewhere along the line, if this grows in the way that God allows, it could be very easy to take our focus off of God. I mean, even let us wait, you know, I was stressed at points. What are we going to post on social media? And what are we going to sell? And, you know, all of these things. And I just remember stopping after we launched our first social media video. And I got in the shower because sometimes that's where I do my best thinking because it's quiet. I can't bring my phone. I can't hear anybody. Nobody wants to be in there with me. And I just say, well, not nobody. But anyway, my kids all look wonderful. Now that's for sure. But, but, but I, I remember getting in the shower and I just remember this prayer coming to my heart. And it was, let us be more concerned about the hearts of the people that will sin than the hearts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. God, let our focus be on you. Let there be no perversion or corruption in this platform. And I know that if we take our focus elsewhere, it will help. And so it just continues to remind me, like, what are we focused on? What are we pursuing? What matters? And the last thing I'll say, hearing your story about Disney, is how often we can get focused on doing and if this was an AA meeting or something, I would be the person that says, hello, my addiction is to performing, is to doing, is to try to earn the approval of man. What are you looking for that's already there? And a lot of times I'm looking for that approval, that validation, that confirmation. And it is already there just by the very fiber of our being. But so often we live in a culture where we think doing is what gets us there. And I have done that. If I'm honest, e, it was why that season of rest, when we were planning and building this thing, was so hard for me. Because although we were doing, we were doing in silence, behind closed doors. There was no applause. Even being a mom is doing, and it's doing a lot. And honestly, most days it tires me the heck out. Breaking the generational curses in my family. It's doing. But, and it tired me out and it's exhausting as well. But it doesn't come with the public display of, hello, here I am. Clap, clap for me. No, it's humbling work. And so the question remains one, how do we keep our eyes focused on God? How do we remain? in him as he's called us to and allow him to remain in us how do we keep our gaze fixed on god when everything else is begging for our attention and how do we be going back to mary and martha like how do we have the posture of mary that sits at jesus feet even though everything needs to get done and there's preparations that need to be at how do we get that posture that heart of mary to just be versus to do and I think that is a big focus for me right now and thinking it's already been there and that is exactly why 
I think we do have to pause. We do have to be present because it is only then when we're present can we check where our gaze is focused and then refocus our gaze to where it's supposed to be to see what we were missing because we were too busy moving. I think it's hilarious that you were on the carousel of progress where you found presence. You were on something that's supposed to move and move and move and move and move and move and move, continuing to change your gaze, continuing to change your focus. And instead, you got stuck in a space that required you to pause and focus on what you were supposed to be focused on. Oh, come on, God. Come on, God. And I think that is exactly what God's asking us to do and why we were called in these hard seasons of rest that we fought hard. But it was so that we could fix our days, so that we could focus in the right place, so our hearts could be in the right place. And even still, it is active. It requires us to do it sometimes by the minute, by the day, by the hour, by the second, by the moment. But fixing our days, I'll die. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was good. I didn't connect it. Carousel of progress. And we got stuck. That's good. That's good. T, it is interesting to be in this podcast, knowing that we've launched, knowing that we're moving forward, knowing what we've set intention to do is finally out. And we're doing this thing. Um, in the way that I felt very protected, in ways that I never felt like I would be protected last week, and then the ways that I was attacked in ways I never saw coming. And I think about that. John and I were, you know, coming together to ask, hey, how'd your week go? How'd your week go? We do that. You know, on Fridays, we have a, our business meeting and talk about what went well, what didn't, where we can support each other. And as we were reflecting on the podcast, I had said, I've never had a doubt that we were supposed to do this. I've never had a doubt that God asked us to do it. That has been the constants. What's kept us in this? But there was a Instagram post that I had sent you. I don't know. Was it last week? I can't remember. That was by an Instagram influencer, Jenna Kutcher, um, who was talking about, you know, the people closest to you aren't going to always be your biggest supporters. And it's not that people close to me aren't supporting what you and I are doing. I I have great friends and great um, support, I feel like. But once again, where I was focused was not on how many followers or anything like that. I, d- I really didn't care. You and I have said this all along. If it's for one person, then it's for one person. We just are trying to be obedient to what we feel like we're supposed to do and create this community. But I found myself wanting to drift to focus on the few people in my life that weren't showing up or promoting this in the ways that I thought they should. Because I'm like, well, I... When they did this, this, and this, I did that for them because I love them and they're my people and they're my friends and I want to support them. And why would they not do the same for me? And then I was like, wait, I didn't do that for them because I ever thought that they would come back. I did it out of a genuine place. And so I caught myself in the midst of all of that. But talking about gratitude and talking about 
that giving us freedom, that is the absolute truth. And I've said that to you a million times before that the freest I feel is when I'm living out of who God says I am, when I am living into what I know God has put me on this earth to do. And last week I felt like I was seeing in front of me what God put me on this earth to do, which is to to share God's word, to share the real, to share authentically from my heart, to speak truth into people's lives, to receive truth back from other people. And just the way that you and I interact, seriously, the way that I watch our past episodes, it ministers to me. It is beautiful to watch what happens when we're in community with one another. And John launched his own consulting business, Worthy Wins. If you guys need some consulting, marketing, storytelling help, hit, hit him up. Um, but we were talking about that, and I just felt this prompt on my spirit. I needed to say some things to him to encourage him. He is one of the most humble people I've ever met, and he is very confident, too. I said to him, you are one of the most confident people I've ever met, and you are so humble in the way that you do it. But sometimes your humility gets in the way. If I know that I have something to offer, I'm going to confidently tell someone I have something to offer them, not as a brag, but because I believe that gift that God has given me, that he's put in within me, is actually going to help someone. And I said, sometimes I don't do that from a place of feeling confident, but I have to kind of push myself forward. I said, you have the opposite. You're super confident, but you're not putting your truth into the world in ways that I see think you could. And I digress telling you that story. But the point of it was, as I was speaking to him, I really did feel like the Lord was like, this is it. You see things in people's lives and you just, you speak it. You call it out and you speak it because you love. Not because you are criticizing, but because you love. You deeply believe in John. I do. And I said that to John. I said, if I've never said this to you, let me make it really, really clear. I believe in you. I think what you have to offer is incredible. And anyone who doesn't want to take you up on it, that's their own fault. They're full. You have nothing to prove to these people. But that doesn't mean that you don't get to be confident in the process. That doesn't mean that you don't get to engage in these kind of conversations. And I watched his demeanor change in that conversation in a great way where he was like, I needed to hear that. And as I was sitting there, I was like, God, this is it. When I get the chance to be a part of people's stories and listen to their stories and and observe, and I trust me, I've been observing. John's been pursuing this for two years, and I've really, I don't want to say I've kept my mouth shut completely because, you know, we know that ain't possible. But I really have sat back and just watched and watched and watched. And then in due time, in due time, God gives me this little flip. Aaron, it's time. And then I say that. And then I watch this freedom come out. And it, and I feel free in the process too, because I'm like, no, I don't feel ashamed of saying this to you. I, I believe God has asked me to say this to you. Or no, I don't feel ashamed to speak the truth. God asked me to speak the truth. I'm just trying to be obedient. And I love that when we are obedient and we, and we are thankful for who God says we are and we believe, we actually believe 
who God says we are, then we live into this freedom. And there's not a person on this planet that isn't attracted to want to be a part of community with people like that. People want to be in community with people who know who they are. I want to be friends with people who know who they are. That's a refreshing thing to me. And sometimes God calls us to seasons where we feel like we're not who we are because God says, hey, I want to restore you. Hang hang tight. Let me Let me just restore you for a minute. And we have to be patient with that process. But what happens when God gives us the green light again? So I shouldn't be surprised by what happened last week, the support that happened last week, because God gave us the green light. And I knew when God gives me the green light, he's going to show up and he's going to show up through me and through you. So I don't know. I'm in tears because like you're speaking something right now that has been sitting on my heart actually pretty heavily. The power of words. Life and death is in the power of our tongues. Yes. We have the ability to speak, to speak belief in people, to speak encouragement, to help people believe in themselves, see things in themselves that they didn't even know was there. And I talk about words a lot in my word of the year. My therapist, thank you for referring her. (laughs) And I landed on a word that she heard in the first 10 minutes of our first conversation that she said, this word keeps coming up. Mm. And the word was safety. Safety is huge for me. It has driven every ounce of who I am Every decision I make, every relationship I judge, every way I walk into a world, every word I choose, the activities I engage in, the friendships I choose to keep around me, the things I associate myself with, the activities that it has always been about safety, which even sometimes drives a lot of me operating with fear, even in communion. Am I safe saying this, launching this platform, being a part of this? Safety is at the core of it. And it goes to some deep childhood trauma, which we're not going to turn this into a life therapy session. But what I can say is safety has gotten me here. Safety has been the thing that has made me break generational curses in my family. My 12-year-old niece is staying with me right now. And a word that I keep trying to reinforce to her is you are safe here. And some of me is talking to my 12-year-old self when I say that to her, safety. But what I heard from you in that conversation that you had with John is you gave him permission to believe, to dream, to pursue his wildest dreams, the purpose that God had for him because you anchored him in a safe space. Hmm. And that's what communion is. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. Create a safe space. But in creating a safe space, the words that we speak, the conversations we have, the questions we ask, are going to matter. But we are watching, and I keep 
coming back to this, that Hillsong documentary, there was one guy, he was a worship leader and um, he was part of the LBGTQ IA community. And yeah. he said, their tagline, I believe, is you're welcome here. And he was like, yeah, you're welcome here. And then let us change you once we get you here or something along those lines. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Yeah. And then but he, he meant, made it see like, hey, you, you're welcome in this space. But once you're here, we're going to try to change you. And I think that's the biggest thing. We as humans, you and I are not trying to change anybody, but we are trying to lead people to a God that does a transformative power in their lives. Not saying you need to change anything. I'm not even referring to LBGTQIA. I'm talking about period. My encounter with Jesus transformed me to be a better and best version of myself. It reinforced it on love. It reinforced it on safe. I'm not getting caught up on the trivial things of the world or culture. We need to look a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way. No, when I talk about transformation, I'm talking about our hearts. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about redeeming parts of our stories that have hurt. I'm talking about fixing our gaze on what's important. That is what we're talking about when we're seeing transformation. And the beautiful part about being able to do a podcast is that we get to do it through words. The power of words. But it means you and I got to check our heart posture because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we got to constantly make sure we're doing the heart surgery. And I can't lie. I like to joke. I'm a joker. I like to pick and poke and go back and forth. I'm a New Yorker. Like, that's what we do. I talk ish all the time. But my 12-year-old needs to be in here. Me creating a home that's safe. Me creating an environment that's safe. Me reinforcing that. It's going to be a lot about the words that I speak. At first, I was joking with her and stuff. And the Holy Spirit checked me one day and was, hey, joking is fine. That's who you are. That's who I created you to be. I'm not asking to take that away from you. But I'm asking to be mindful of how you joke. I'm asking to be mindful of the words you say. Because sometimes jokes stick and they won't. Man. Well, I've learned that hard ways. And you don't want what you said in lightheartedness or in good humor to become yeah. somebody's true. You gotta be mindful of the word you speak. We cannot freely use these words. We cannot freely let these words fly. But we have to be mindful of the words that we speak because we have the power to speak it's into people. And so I just go back to Philippians 4 and I'm like, God, Help me to keep my mind on what is good, what is true, what is admirable, what is noble, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. I mean, help me to keep my mind there so that the words that flow from my mouth are that. Yeah. Circling it back to gratitude, the last thing I'll say there, because that is a heart posture for us, is the pastor said something in the sermon that stood out to me. And he said, A heart that lacks gratitude becomes a heart that is entitled. And an unreserved, entitled heart becomes a heart that is judgmental. And I was like, whew. God, harsh, hard. Yeah. I don't want my words to be judgmental. I don't want my words to be untitled. I don't want my words to be less than praiseworthy especially when you've given us 
the incredible opportunity to speak life into the people you've entrusted us with. Being a mom, the way we speak to our children, because that's the way they're going to speak to themselves. That our voices matter in the lives of the people around us. But our voices also matter in how they speak to us. Yeah. We talk to ourselves more than anybody in the world talks to ourselves. Talks to us, sorry. And so we got to figure out how we're talking to us because it's so easy for us to speak that life, to speak those words into the people we love. But will we extend ourselves the same compassion? Will we see ourselves worthy enough to receive that, the kindness and the grace that we know we deserve? And so I've really just been meditating on what are the words that I'm speaking? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking? And where is my heart posture? We need all. Who? Yeah. Good tea. I just think being aware of where we're at and where's our heart and our posture every single day when we wake up before I leave my bedroom to go in and greet my kids or to say good morning to John, where's my heart at? Where's my posture at? And if I pause and I take a minute, even if I'm sad or burdened or have grief or I'm tired, just the act of pausing and asking myself that question and doing a check-in with me gives I think the Lord room to work and to correct so that to protect what's going on in my heart from hurting the people around me, maybe as severely as it could, you know, and I think we, the temperature of our household are set by us. We know that we've, we've said that to each other before. It's amazing to me, especially with Jude, my oldest, when I come out as my room, whatever my demeanor is that day, he's going to take on. Yeah. That's more. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so being really mindful, having these little mirrors walking around all day, every day puts you in check not to be fake. I really don't want my kids to think life is just awesome and rainbows and butterflies all the time. That's not actually what it is. Um, I want them to know things are hard. I want them to know it's okay to emote, to feel emotions, to feel feelings, because I don't feel like I always was given that freedom growing up. You know, I felt like that was just a different generation where it's like, no, just suck it up and move on. And so those things are important for my kids to know, but also that we don't get to stay there. Can I say something about that, though? Because you sent me this podcast by Tim Ross, and I love this quote that he said on it said, it's okay to feel emotion. We all are going to feel emotion. He was specifically talking about anger. He said, but what we do with it and the way we express it matters. Yep. It's not the emotion. That's just information. It's the expression, which is the action that matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was was really good. But can I stay there for a second, Eve? Because one of the things that I think about when we launch communion, and we may have talked about this before, but we'll say it again. Safety and the words we speak and the way we treat each other and the 
energy that we choose to show up with is at the core of this community and is evident in our main rule, house rule. Put the weapons down when you enter in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no greater weapon than uh -uh, this sword right here in our mouth. The way we talk to others, the way we talk to ourselves, it's a weapon. And that's a great point. If I've been beating myself up over something and I've been really, really unkind to myself, I'm also going to be unkind to the people around me. It, unintentionally or intentionally, that's going to come out. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's the truth is whatever is going on in my heart. That's why it's so important to check that. And I think that over the last couple of years coming out of the pandemic, the pandemic, I'm really back in Florida now, um, coming out of the pandemic and going through seasons of rest, leaving people that I just deeply love and miss every day, doing life with every day, you being one of them, and shifting careers, shifting a lot of stuff. And I said this to John in that conversation that we had the other night. I said, I feel like for the last three years, I've been climbing out of a hole and I'm almost out. I'm almost out. I see the sun. I see the light. I even see trees. I see all the stuff, but I'm just not quite there yet. It's because the last three years, I feel like kind of launched me into this place of just who am I, God, and God really having to restore me in a lot of beautiful ways. And so sometimes I'm able to look back and go, I'm really thankful for that. Other times I'm like, literally what the, you know what, did I just walk through it? Or what did we as a world just walk through? But I think about my heart posture towards it. And I am thankful. I am thankful. And I want for whoever's listening to this today to hear loud and clear, there is hope. You might find yourself in a season of life right now where you feel like, I don't know what's next, or I don't feel like I have purpose, or I don't feel like I have vision. And my encouragement to you would be to lean in, to first lean into what's going on in your heart and what's causing you to feel that way. And then honestly, take that to the Lord and then take that to community, whether it's a community that you're building through this podcast or that's people um, in your world. I just pray that God would give you those people and that you would have safety and safe places to be able to grapple with this, to wrestle with where you're at, if you need to change a career because you're not living out of who you know yourself to be, but you're worried about financial stuff or you're worried about um, becoming significant. T and I are living, living, breathing examples. Just do it. Nike doesn't get to be the only one that says that. Just take that leap. And do that in community with people who are going to encourage you and cheer you on along the way. Because if I can say anything about the last couple of years, what I know more than anything to be true is I wish I would have done it sooner. I wish I would have been obedient sooner. Because it's been because all along. Been there all along. 
and I ran from it. I was scared of it and I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. Even though I kind of love being uncomfortable, it's kind of legitimately where I thrive. I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone because I'm tired and I've got three kids and there's a lot going on. And yet God's like, no, no. So you're going to just stay miserable? No. We were never supposed to live a mundane life. I mean, our tasks may be really mundane day to day, but the way that we feel about our life gets to be extravagant. And how's it near me? How dare we complain about the very things we pray for? Yeah. Yeah. The very answered prayers, the blessing of God. But I do think it's real E to be able to talk about the transition and how difficult the transition can be sometimes. Grieving past seasons and being fearful of future ones. And I think we should make this a cliffhanger. And on the next episode, we should talk about that. Because and great visions are hard. That's the next episode. Transitions are hard. We're going to talk all about that because that is a whole nother episode for us to talk about. Relationships, careers, identities, places we live, location, demographics, all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was amazing. Always. <laughs> Thanks for always bringing the real. It's the best place to be. I love being with you and I love our conversations and I love you guys this community we will say it till we're blue in the face we're so grateful for you so so grateful for you and your support and you wanting to engage in this thank you a million times and i think i want to just say thank you to you e because the best part about this is that we get to live out what safe relationship looks like real time yeah we're not just talking about it but we're being about it and so yeah. thank you for being a safe friend for me. I'll end with this because I do want to promote John because he promoted us with his one helpful thing. He wrote <laughs> in his newsletter this last week about the power of not going at it alone mm-hmm. and how much more powerful it is to do it together. And I go back to the scripture and I believe it's in Ecclesiastes 4 where uh, it says, Two are better than one, for if one falls, the other is there to pick them up. And you carried me across the finish line for this long season with nothing but love and grace. And so I thank you. I thank you um, for your friendship. I thank you for safety. I thank you for being able to come as I am. I thank you that we get to live this out truly and authentically. And I I really want you to know that. And I can't lie to you. I'm excited now that it's out into the world. But if it was up to me, I probably would have kept pushing it because there's never a right time. There will always be something that comes up or can discourage us. And just like we say in our episode, just go. And so thank you for carrying me across the finish line to get this out the door. Yeah. I love you, girl. I texted you last week. No one I'd rather be in this with. 
I mean, you're the person. I tell everybody, she is the person I'm supposed to do this with. And we can talk about that next episode. I do think that we do also with transitions can start by telling them how we got this started in the first place because there's power in that too. Like God directly told me you were the person I was supposed to do this with. And I know you were looking at me like, girl, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I made it happen <laughs> when I love it. And now here I am. That <laughs> ready are. But you guys, persistence, that works. Ah, uh, well, stay tuned. Clearly, we have a lot in store for our next episode. We hope you'll join us. But in the meantime, let the reconciliation begin. Thanks so much for listening today. Want to stay up to date with our episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast and newsletter on our website, come-union.com. Follow us on Instagram at come.union. Rather watch our podcast? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel at come underscore union. We are so glad you're a part of this community.